Dearly beloved, in our basic catechism, we are told that we are created in the image of God. But I wonder if we have taken some time to reflect on that expression, image of God. That tells us that we are rational as God is rational. We live in community. We are called to live in community because God is a community of three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That we are created to love because God is love. And finally, finally, we are created and given the freedom, the free will to love. And the people have been asking me, God really did a terrible mistake in granting human beings that freedom, that free will. But the whole thing is, if God is love and he is creating us in his own image, then certainly he has to create us to love. And you cannot love when you are not free. No one can force you to love. You need to be free in order to love. And that is why God gave us the freedom. But when we abuse our freedom, we sin. If we live out our freedom, we live in harmony. We live in love. We live in community with one another. The freedom God gives us is not the animal freedom where I can say, I am free to do whatever I want to do. No, the freedom is the freedom to do things according to the image of God granted us. It is the freedom that gives us our identity as people created in the image of God. So when we are free, it means that we can make choices. And uh, the writer of uh, the book of Sirach, around 185 BC, also appreciated the fact that humanity are created with free will. We are created with freedom and therefore we are called to make rightful choices. And so he says in today's first reading, very interestingly, he said, I put before you fire and water. I set before you death and life. I set before you good and evil. And he says, whichever you choose shall be given you. But you are going to be responsible for your deeds. Whatever we do by our choices will determine what we will become. This freedom was guided by the law of God. And so is the freedom to obey the commandments and the laws of God. But unfortunately, 
The interpretation of the law was the issue, was the problem. Today we are told about the Pharisees and the scribes. These interpreted the law of God. But unfortunately their interpretation is based on the letter of the law rather than the spirit of the law. You know, in, in, our, in, our, in our common legal society, when a law is ambiguous, it's not clear, we resort to the Supreme Court, the apex court, to make a determination on the law, to decide the real interpretation and its application. So when we talk about the law of God, and we want to talk about the spirit of the law, it takes no other person than God himself. And that is in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the divine son, is the only one who has the right interpretation of the law. And that is where he got into confrontation with the scribes and the Pharisees. They saw him as somebody who was an opponent to the laws of Moses. They saw him as somebody who had come to pitch the people against the law. And that is where Jesus was condemned and crucified. But today, Jesus is telling us something. He said, don't think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophet. I've come to fulfill it. The law and the prophets were in preparation for the apex of God's revelation. At the point of time, God sent his only son, born of the woman, under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. Jesus Christ came as the climax of God's revelation. So he did not come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it. What they were expecting, the Messiah came in the person of Jesus. And Jesus is saying that so far as heaven and earth exist, not an iota of the law will be taken away. The problem Jesus encountered was not the law, but how the law was interpreted among the people. Today, Jesus put an emphasis on the law in three places. You shall not kill. And whoever kills will be liable to judgment. You shall not commit adultery. And he goes on to say, Do not swear. Make any false oath. But make good to the Lord all that you vow. So in effect, Jesus is emphasizing the law. But then he goes deeper than the law. He goes to the spirit behind it. If we see laws as mere prescriptions that curtail our freedom, it is going to be a drudgery, something difficult, something a non-entity, a nonsensical thing to follow. But if we see beyond that, to see that the laws were given to us to promote human coexistence, to promote the love between us and God and between us and our neighbor, then all makes sense. 
Jesus goes beyond, he said, you shall not kill, and whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever says to his brother, Raka, will be answerable to the Sanhedrin. Whoever says, you fool, will be liable to fiery Gehenna. Why is Jesus saying that? Jesus is getting to the root of sin. Anger, hatred against other people because of what we have perceived have been done to us, whether real or imaginary, might lead to the sin of killing somebody. And even if it doesn't, it is never charitable to our neighbor. If we harbor grudges, if we harbor anger, if we harbor unnecessary pain, Jesus says we are answerable to that. You know, at times it's so interesting that something happens and that we look at the charge list attempting to and for. So you get two counts there. Attempting to kill and for killing. Two counts. Attempting is having that mentality. And that mentality comes from what I have harbored within me. If I nurture or feed anger with the wrong that people have done to me, if I feed that, with that rejection of the person, I am treading on a dangerous zone. Unfortunately, there are some of us who are angry with somebody for some triviality that occurred 20 years, 12, 15 years ago. And let me tell you, when you meet that person, your heart is beating fast, you are angry, you are upset. But at times, that person does not even remember what you are thinking about. You can never get healed when you have all those things within you. That anger, that dissension, that unforgiveness. You are playing to the gallery of the evil one. And Jesus is cautioning us against that today. Don't have all those grudges. You shall not commit adultery. But I say everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So it is not just the act. It's the conception you have. The moment you think of the human person created in the image and likeness of God as a sexual doll to be played with, as an object to satisfy My ego, there is something radically wrong. Human beings should be the end in themselves, not a means to reach an end. And that is why pornography, and that is why watching impure and obscene pictures are not lives of virtue 
for any Christian. Purity of mind and heart is very important. And Jesus is emphatically pointing to that. That a Christian should have a purity of mind and heart. Develop that virtue and leave that out. And finally, he said, do you not take false oath? A Christian is called to speak the truth. Let your yes be yes and let your no be no. And if we are truthful, there is no need to take any oath. But since humanity is not able to speak the truth, and even if we are under oath, we are lying. I promise to speak the truth and only the truth. And then you are lying at the end of it. So I said, what else could I do? It's a difficult situation. I couldn't help it. The devil made me do it. Dearly beloved, Jesus is telling us that we are Christians. And that if we have the privilege of experiencing the love of God, if we have the privilege of having Jesus suffer and die on the cross to redeem you and I, to make us children of God once again, to set us on the road to eternal life, then suddenly our perception, our understanding of the law, our living of the law should be something that should portray our identity as children of God once again. But in spite of all our failings, we should be able to open our hearts to the Lord. The Lord is ever ready to make a difference in our lives. Are you ready to allow him? Jesus did not die in vain on the cross. He loves you. He loves me. And that is why he died. And so no matter our sins, no matter how often we have broken the law, no matter how often we have used others for our personal gains, no matter how we have treated other people, no matter what we begrudge against other people, no matter what we are harboring in our heart against other people, Jesus is willing to forgive us. Allow him a space in your life and that transformation will become a reality. May the Holy Spirit help us and grant us the grace to be true images of God. Amen. Amen.